Well, happy 2023, everybody. 2023, we made it. We absolutely made it, and it's exciting. You know, our, our theme for this month's called Kickstart January, and we know that our theme for the year, the entire 2023, is it is going to be what we make it, right? We started a three-part series, 5-2-1. We know that last week, give me five, we all got a piece of paper, and if you were here, you got a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, we said, what are five things I like about me? Right? And, and for all of us, there's probably a hundred things that we like about ourselves, right? Hundred, one through hundred, easy, right? He said, what are five things that God says about us? And then we had five goals for 2023. And if there was five things that maybe we need to leave at the cross in 2023. So that was give me five. And today, I asked you, well, I didn't ask you, I gave you. If everyone can take out their mirror for a second, right? This is exciting. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Mirror, mirror on the wall, right? Who's the handsomest of them all? We know it's Andrew today, right? He's looking sharp, yeah, right? Mirror, mirror on the wall, right? So just keep your mirror for a second. It's crazy as I was looking into mirrors and, and all these little wonderful things about mirrors. The average time in s spent in front of a mirror, this, is, this blew me away. For men, 16 and a half minutes, including, that includes shaving and getting ready, Okay. For women, it's only 14 and a half minutes. Men spend on average five minutes looking at themselves in a car mirror. But this is where the women beat us. Women spend six minutes looking in the car mirror. Men spend on average 15 minutes looking at themselves, whether it's in the bathroom, the gym, work, restaurant. Women spend only 13 minutes at the same place work gym or restaurant crazy men spend eight minutes in front of a mirror at night brushing teeth getting ready for bed women only spend two minutes i guess they're you know they want to get to bed quicker right so two eight to two an average in a day men spend 56 minutes supposedly looking at ourselves whereas women 43 and a half minutes that that like blew me away i was like how does that like in my mind i never really thought and maybe i'm on the lower side i don't think i spent 56 minutes right maybe even <laughs> kim's like ah. but men look we look at ourselves more than girls do what the heck can you believe that doesn't that blow you away so as we're thinking about mirrors, as we think about the time that we spend looking at ourselves, we jump back into our series, 25, Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. It says, again, that the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip, and he called together his servants, and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on a trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Verse 18, but the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground, hid in the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they'd used the money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward and five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. Master was full of praise. Well done, good, faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. 22. 
Servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now we'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came forward and said, Master, I knew you're a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. And the last verses of this text this morning, verse 26, the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. If I knew I'd harvested crops and I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And then he ordered to take the money from the servant, give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So throw this nice guy's servant, which he says use the servant in the outer darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so as you see as the text this morning, it's kind of our diving board. Say a diving board. I don't know how many of you like the diving board. I was a fan of the diving board, but the diving board, if you swim, right? If you go to the Dottillo's house, go swimming. As you jump on the diving board, it helps propel you into the air so that you can jump into the pool with force, right? This morning and last week, our text and our main text for our series, 521, we see that this master, as they call it, our God, gave three people money, right? Talents, bags of silver, and it equivalented to lots, millions of dollars. That time it would be millions and millions of dollars. And one guy got five, so it was our last week, right? Our five talents, our five qualities we like about ourselves, five things that God says about us, our five goals for 2023, and five things that we should leave at the cross in 2023. And then we saw there's another man in the story who was given two bags of silver. And so today that's where we start is with two. So turn to your neighbor and say, just two, just two. You know, back in this day, it was very rare to have a lot of capital, to have tons of dough. It was very rare. But those who did have capital, all they had to do, they could go to the temple. There was people who used money and made money at the temple. If you brought your money and you had capital and you brought it to the temple, you could make 5 to 10% easy, easy easily you could five ten percent double triple your income by going and bringing your money there because they would use it they would exchange money and they made money you could go to the bank in this day and you could put your money in there and you could double your money in the bank by the interest and so for the three men who were given money and they say that 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 guy who was given one bag of a silver equi equivalents to 1.8 million dollars today that's a lot of money so back then, if these three guys, if all they had to do was take it to the bank, they would have doubled it. They went to the temple and they invested at the temple. They could have five, 10, 20, 100%, 200%, just depends how much money they gave. And they could have really earned a lot of money. And we know that the guy who has five bags, he doubled it. Guy had two bags, he doubled it. And we know that the guy did nothing, right? And so today we're on our two-talent kind of guy. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a two-talent kind of day. It's a two-talent kind of day. If you were to think this morning about two things, I asked you about five things last week, but what about just two things this morning that you like about you, that we like about ourselves? If there was just two things, two things that I'm good at, that I like that I'm good at, I like that I spend 56 minutes in the mirror every day, right? And we learned that this morning, the men, I guess we spend 56 minutes, so... 
we could like that about ourselves. I don't know. What's two things? And you're not going to speak up, but just think about, just think and focus on for a second two things that, that may become natural, that are so simple, that is so easy. It's just something that I don't know what it is. It is just, it's, it's so easy. And I like this. These two things that I like about me. I like these about me. You know, our theme kickstart means to start quickly, to improve, to move fastly, to make something happen. And as we start this year, I think there's things in us that God wants us to improve upon. And maybe things that need to happen a little bit more quickly. And so as we see number two, and we're focusing on number two, we're actually going to jump into another guy. And we're going to see two talents that this guy has. If you have your Bibles, we're going to jump to 1 Samuel 16, starting in verse 14. It says, Now the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul and sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. Some of Saul's servants said to him, A tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp. Whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you, he will play soothing music, and you'll soon be well again. All right, Saul said, Find me someone who plays well and bring him here. Verse 18, One of the servants said to Saul, One of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he's a brave warrior, a man of war, good judgment. He's also a fine-looking young man. And the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse to say, Send me your son David, the shepherd. And Jesse responded by sending David to Saul, along with a goat, a donkey loaded with bread, a wineskin full of wine. And so David went to Saul and began serving him. And Saul loved David very much, and David became his armor bearer. Verse 22, then Saul sent word to Jesse asking, please let David remain in my service for I'm so pleased with him. And whatever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp and Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. It says that God's spirit departed from Saul. And this is such a tragedy in this story. The Holy Spirit, you know, King David at one time, you know, penned a song, please do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You know, create in me, God, a clean heart. Please do not take your Holy Spirit. And for King Saul, because he was disobedient and because he was afraid and he didn't listen to God and he rejected what God asked him to do, God rejected Saul. And it says that God's spirit departed from King Saul. And then it says, which he got even funner, God sent a tormenting spirit to mess around with Saul. And those two spirits were depression and fear. And so as Saul is dealing with depression and fear, and it wasn't just something that was mental that he was dealing with, psychological, these were actual spirits, the Bible says, that were troubling him and tormenting him, depression and fear. His guys, his men that served with him are looking at him and says, you need someone who can play the harp. You need to find somebody who plays music. There just happened to be one guy who had the talent and the ability who played really, really well. There was a young man, he was a shepherd, and he said he was strong, he was a man of war, good judgment. But one of his greatest talents and abilities was, he was a musician. And they said, you need to find this musician, this great musician, we know of one, we heard of a guy, his name's David. And so they go and get David, and they bring David in. Every single time David would play the harp, automatically what would happen? the tormenting spirits would leave. David, one of his greatest talents, the musician. If you read the book of Psalms and you can see at the top, it'll tell you a Psalm of 
David. If you read through there, you can see some of the greatest songs that have ever been written out. King David, as he was watching sheep. King David, as he fought for his life. King David, who battled through so many different things in his life, through victories, through defeat, he penned so many different songs. And so for King David, one of his greatest, this man, one of his greatest talents and abilities was he was a musician. Music. It says it was soothing. But you know what's crazy? As he played the music, spirits had to leave. Depression and fear had to leave. Music is powerful, and it's powerful what we listen to. So David... We know he was a musician. One of the other things he was good at, we're going to skip to now, 1 Samuel, because we're just focusing on two qualities, 1 Samuel 17.40. It says, 1 Samuel Samuel 17.40, he picked up five smooth stones, five smooth stones from a stream, put them into his shepherd's bag, and then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. Sounds fun. Then I'll give you the dead then i'll give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there's a god in israel and everyone assembled here will know that the lord rescues his people but not with sword and spear this is the lord's battle and he will give you to us as goliath moved closer to attack david ran out quickly to meet him Reaching into his shepherd's bag, taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling, hit the Philistine in the forehead, and the stone sank in. Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. And David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him, cut off his head, and when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. David was willing to fight a man that nobody else wanted to fight. David as a young boy, as a young man, he was willing to fight a man, a giant that was tall, right? We know that he was over nine feet tall. David, this young boy, was willing to fight this guy, not with a sword, not with armor, but with a slingshot, with a sling. And so as David goes out to fight this guy that nobody else wanted to fight, what does he do? He goes and grabs five rocks. Turn to your neighbor and say, five rocks. Five smooth stones, it says. Did he need all five? Now, some of us are asking, why did he grab five? He might have grabbed five because maybe he's thinking, if I miss, I might need another one, right? I may need a backup. Or maybe he's thinking, if I take down one, there could be four more that I need to get, right? So there's so many different reasons and so many different thoughts of why he had five. But at the very end, he really only needed one smooth stone and one sling. So two talents that I want to point out for this man today. One was he was a musician, and because of his music abilities, he would make demons flee. He would make depression and fear run away, run out of the house. The music that is filled with the Spirit of God can cause the enemy, can cause disgusting things, can cause loneliness, depression, fear, all of those horrible things. God's music played correctly, right, played with a good heart, can cause great things to happen. David's second talent I want to point out this morning is he knew how to do a slingshot. 
How many of us have ever played with a slingshot? How many of us have ever shot rocks and broke windows? That's one of the funnest things as a kid to do, right? Not, not anybody's windows, the people we know. Of course, not even strangers either. We don't want to go there either. But it was fun as a kid, you know? Wasn't it fun getting that slingshot, that first slingshot, and putting stuff in there and accidentally hitting somebody or hitting, you know? Not that I have any experience in that. I've just heard, right? It was, I've just heard that you do those things. It's crazy what you do as a kid, right? And you thank God, you look back and say, wow, how did I survive? But I did. Because David knew how to do a slingshot, there was a confidence that he had in something. There's a confidence that David had. He knew that he had ability. He knew that he had talent. He knew that God had placed strength. If you were to take a sling, and we're not talking the ones, you know, he had to you know, wind it up and throw it. You had to have pretty good aim, right? If you're going to hit, even if the guy is nine feet tall, if you're 50 feet away, you still got to aim that really, really well, right? So it takes talent and ability and obviously practice to be able to take a sling, to hurl it at something big and hit it right in the forehead so that the guy would fall over, right? But because David, there was one thing that he possessed, even though his two talents, even though he was an awesome musician, even though he was so talented, so gifted, he was so good at what he did, even though he was strong and he had great aim and he had the ability to just take on so many different people and so many things, this guy, he was amazing. There was one thing that he possessed more than the rest. And we see it, and he states it in the first few verses. In verse 47, he says, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I'm going to come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you. Now notice he didn't say, Today, I'm going to conquer you. He said, Today, the Lord will conquer you. Then I'm going to kill you and cut off your head, which is nice. And then I'll give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. And everyone assembled will know the Lord rescues his people. But it's not with sword and spear because it's the Lord's battle. And he will give it to us. This man, there's something that he possessed greater than his talents. For this man, David, and we're talking about just two today, he had probably a hundred great qualities, right? Because he was a king, and you're not just any man to become a king, right? He possessed, there was so many great things that were inside of him. But if we just looked at two great qualities, two things that really made a big difference in life, his music and his power, his aim, his ability to just know that what he could do in a moment, there was just talent. And it just was ability. But more than his confidence within himself, David didn't have a mirror to look at 56 minutes a day, right? David didn't have those things to look at himself as my hair right. Before he went out to battle, he didn't look in the mirror in the bathroom to say, how do I look? I got to go out to battle looking just perfectly. David knew within himself at the age, at a young age, I am talented, I am gifted, but there's something bigger and greater than me. There is something way bigger than myself. That every single thing that I do, if I understand that I attack, that I lay down, that I give myself to the Lord, and it is God truly that gives me victory. It is God that helped me defeat it, a lion, a bear. It is God who helps me take down a giant, the biggest man in the land. It is God who helps me do all these things. For him, 
that's greater than my talent and that's greater than my ability it's greater than everything David did great things why not because he was great because he knew somebody greater because God he knew somebody was greater and so that's word I don't know if you ever heard of that word being humble it's kind of where that word pops up humility David even though he was great and there was times where David battled with pride just like all of us this morning right we know that King David wasn't a perfect man and he screwed up but there are times when the greatest victories come it's when we are humble and realize this is something I can't do on my own it's something that he has to do it's something that God has to give me strength. If I'm going to go out and win today, it's God who's going to give me victory. The greatest victories in life are something that are beyond ourselves. And when it's beyond us, it's so that God can get the glory. It's so that God can, we can understand in our heart, mind, and soul, yes, I'm good. Yes, I'm talented. Yes, I may have 20 great talents. But when I give my talents to him, something even greater will happen. So grab out your mirrors again. We want to make sure we get to our 56 minutes today, men, right? Ladies, to your 43. Why do we look in the mirror? Well, the dictionary says it reaffirms the sense of self. It regulates emotions. To become one with self. To simulate, actually, kind of to practice face-to-face -face contact with others. Why? Why do we spend so much time? Do we really forget how we look? Do we really need to look again? After we look and get ready in the morning, how many of us honestly, truly need to look at ourselves and say, yep, I still look good, you handsome devil, right? How many of us do it? Like, we get ready in the morning, if we gotta go to work, we gotta go, even if we go to the grocery store for an hour, I wonder how many of us go back after we go to the grocery store Take one more look. Yeah, I still got it, right? And I'm not saying this for myself. I'm just putting it out there, right? We're just, we're just talking, right? But the question is, is we're holding our mirrors and we're thinking about it. Why do we get stuck in front of a mirror? Do we honestly, truly forget what we look like? Do we honestly, truly forget what we look like? The real reason I brought out mirrors this morning is James, Jesus' half-brother, he brings up an interesting point. James 1.22 says, don't just listen to God's word. You need to do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Ah, mirror. See yourself, walk away, forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure, genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans, widows in distress, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So if we spend on average 56 minutes looking in the mirror, do we honestly really forget what we look like? And James, Jesus' half-brother, says it's kind of like this. When we read the word and then we choose to disobey, it's kind of like a mirror. Do we honestly forget in the moment what God told us to do? 
with King Saul, remember, here was a man, the very first king of Israel. That was the very first king for just back in the day. Can you imagine being born in that time? You know, I always think of different times that I like to be born in. One is when the wild, wild west, just because I wanted to have a horse, a gun, and, you know, a hat, you know, and go cruising around shooting things. But I also would think, like, being born in this time, seeing all countries that, that are being you know, formed and coming together. And here's Israel, the Jewish people, as their country is starting to take shape and they're coming together as a group and a people. They wanted a king. Why? Because all these other countries had kings. And so they asked for a king and they begged God for a king. And then it says, God gave them a king. His name was Saul. And the beginning of his kingship, it was powerful. There was moments, it says that, that King Saul was filled with the Spirit of God, and he's dancing and he's prophesying, something that he never did before. He was, he was strong and powerful in his first few battles, and he went out and he led men, and he was courageous. He was like William Wallace. He was good in all of those things. But then one time, God said, this is what I want you to do. And he forgot or rejected or ignored what God had asked him to do. And unfortunately, just one time, can you imagine just one time disobeying God and it cost him the kingship for him and his sons and sons and sons and sons. And so as we look at the mirror, and I guess honestly we do on average 40 to 50 minutes a day, are we doing it because we forget what we look like, kind of like as we look at the Bible are we forgetting what the Word of God says? And see, honestly, we don't truly know who we are until we know the person who knows who we really are, and that's God. Some of us this morning, we know ourselves pretty well because we spend a good amount of time looking at ourselves. Some of us, we spend a good amount of time putting ourselves together. And so there's so many different things that we like about ourselves. And yes, we have a few things that we don't like about ourselves as well. And there's a great amount of time. But does that equate to the same amount of time that we spend looking at the true mirror, which James points out, is the Word of God. And you will never find your true greatness if you're not looking in the real mirror. The real mirror, the Word of God, will give you the greatness and the power and all of the things that God has promised to you by spending time with the real mirror. And it's the mirror of the word. Because it's through this reflection that you will only begin to see the real you. It's through this reflection that you will only see things about yourself that you never saw before. How many of us have spent time with people and and we're talking to them and you know, say, you know, man, I really like this about you. They're like, and, and you're like, ah, I didn't even know that. I remember one time I was snow skiing with a friend named Caleb and we're coming down from night skiing, Big Bear, Snow Valley. It's a beautiful time. And we're coming down and I don't even remember what we were talking about. And my friend Caleb goes, man, I don't know, but I, th I think you're going to end up being, you know, like a salesman one day or a preacher, which is funny, which I'm both. And I don't even remember, like, if I was just blabbing on that day. I, don't, I have no idea why. But it was something I never saw in myself. But it was a, a friend and a good friend who pointed that out. See, sometimes what God has put in you, you don't even see in yourself. 
no matter how many times we look in the mirror. And even though we've read the Bible from beginning to end, sometimes we still don't even see in ourselves the things that he put inside of us. David, I read two talents this morning. You see, as David gave his talent to God, his music, it made demons leave. So as we translate our physical talent into kingdom talent, it does something even greater. But sometimes, like being stuck in the mirror and stuck at looking at ourselves, sometimes we're so stuck on our two talents. These two talents, they're just for me, and they're not for anybody else. These two talents, this is what I like about me, and I'm not giving it to anybody else. And it's not for the world, and it's not even for God. These two talents, I'm stuck because they're just mine. These two talents are just mine. And what God needs you to hear this morning is, your two talents, you're amazing. You're well-built, like a Ford. Unless you like Chevys, then we dump the Ford, right? Because they're found on the roadside daily. Whatever your preference is, right? I like Fords. We like both. We're not picky. We have a Chevy now. Sorry, we had a Ford before. And now I have a Jeep. But anyway, we'll have to get off cars. Because we like cars. Vroom. You know, thinking about kickstarting, you know, how many of us... You know, when you start your motorcycle, isn't that just a good feeling when you start that puppy up? You know, if you have a powerful, you know, my wife's truck, I love starting my wife's car because as you start it, you know, with the dual exhaust and the V8 and the big engine, you hear that first, that first purr, man. It's like, that's gorgeous sound. When you kickstart your motorcycle, your quad, ah, isn't that a good feeling? You know, you're getting ready for a ride. Kickstarting, improving quickly, about to do something rapid. What is it God is trying to kickstart in you this morning? We know that there's five things. I know that there's at least five things. Take out your rubber band this morning as we get to that. So we looked in the mirror, and now we get to our rubber bands. You see, what good is a rubber band if you never shoot it? And you all, I mean, there's a lot more of you than me. So if you want to take aim, go right ahead. We'll see how good your aim is this morning. And unfortunately, I didn't grab any. I'm kind of wishing I had some right now. Made it close. It was close. And the greatest tragedy of life is thinking of yourself as a rubber band. I'm stretched. But I didn't let myself be stretched to the point of being shot further to do something greater and bigger and beyond myself. No matter how well we know ourselves. And no matter, see, I want you to keep your mirror, unless you want me to return it to the dollar store, it cost me a buck twenty-five. But you please take it home. It's a reminder. Because no matter how much time we spend being stuck at looking at ourselves, some of us are missing something even greater within that when the talent that's within is placed in his hand like a rubber band and we allow God to stretch us beyond ourselves, we will do even greater things. Even greater things. But like a rubber band, we have to let God stretch us. And so this morning I'm asking you, where does God need to stretch? in 2023. In this year, through talents, abilities, 
through things that we need to let go of, where is it that God needs to stretch? Because I can tell you, how many of us know, if we were to put ourselves in a rubber band's mind, which doesn't have one, it probably hurts to be stretched. But man, when you're flying through the air, woo, it's a party, right? And that's the same that God wants you to see this morning. The stretching's gonna hurt a little bit. But when you're flying through the air, baby, woo, it's so good. Let God stretch you this year. Let God do things and show you through the mirror of his word, through the power and might, the gifts and talents. See, some of us in here, we have the ability to prophesy, and we didn't even know we had it. Some of us in here, we have the gift of faith. We can believe for greater and bigger things, and we didn't know we had that gift. Some of us in here, we have the faith to believe in miracles and praying for people and seeing them healed, and we didn't know we had that. Some of us, we may have the gift to believe even in raising the dead and praying to believe that level of faith that if someone dies, I'm ready to pray for them and they're going to be healed. And some of us, we didn't know they had that. The gift of teaching, preaching, motivating, inspiring, giving. That's one of the gifts I don't like, right? Hold tight to that gift, right? But some of us, there's so many different gifts that God has placed. And so in 2023, as we think about our great qualities, even better, his great qualities that he wants us to see through the word in us. What's he want to do in you? What does he want to stir in you this year? Let's pray.